Welcome to the Red X Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Red X Podcast. We uh, appreciate you being here. We've got some pretty cool discussion ahead of us with Chasten Miles. Welcome, Chasten. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, this is a Red X Podcast. If it's your first time here, we, we go out and find ridiculously amazing people. We bring them to you so that you can take what they're doing in their business or what they've learned in their business and implement it into yours so that you can create more stability, find more opportunity, regardless of what's going on in the marketplace. So COVID's kind of a, a thing still we're dealing with. And, and so we're gonna talk about a few things with there today with Chasten. Um, for those of you who are watching on YouTube or Facebook or all of the different places that we stream the show, welcome, thank you for being here. We'd encourage you to, to put your questions, comments into the chat so that we can get those asked to chase them when you have a question for him. And uh, just to start, let us know where you're listening from. That's always fun to see where you're at and that we can say hello on there. While that's going on, uh, Chasten, why don't, it's been a while, you've been on the show before. Yes. Why don't you, why don't you go ahead and, and give a, an intro because some of the, we have new viewers. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your background and, and what's going on there? Absolutely. Yeah. Welcome to the, to the new people. And, and I'm excited to be back here. As, as he said, my name is Chasten J. Miles. And basically I went from being a broke solo agent to the owner of one of the fastest growing real estate teams nationwide, um, Founders Real Estate Group. And so we are all across the country. I have definitely had my share of struggles in the real estate business. Um, I've, I've come a long way, especially for someone who just started a real estate career just out of nowhere. You know, I didn't really grow up with a passion to become a real estate agent, but had some moments in the business and I was like, I got to stick with this. I got to figure it out. I got to do what it takes. And here we are, I've been in the business um, a little over eight years, actually probably closer to nine years. Um, and I'm just rocking and rolling, enjoying the journey, keeping it interesting. And, and, and it's definitely interesting these days. So, <laughs> but it, yeah. it is interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you. Nine years. Uh, you went from broke solo agent. I like that title, a broke solo yeah. agent to the fastest building team. Uh, that that's pretty amazing. Tell me about your team. Sure. So um, we we are headquartered here in Dallas, Texas, and on this team here in Dallas, there are twelve sales agents and a handful of staff. So I think total there's around seventeen of us, and we are centrally located, buyers, sellers, agents, and yeah, we're we're just taking over the market here. Just expanded out into Houston, Tampa, Jersey, Southern California, Atlanta. And so doing the same things there. And, and, and like I said, just, just enjoying the journey, you know, this is, this is a fun, fun process, especially for someone who it started out and it was just me, you know, and I was struggling, 
Um, when I say broke, I mean broke. So, you know, it's it's cool to see where things are at today. And so what I what I try to do with not only agents on my team, but just with anybody who's connected to me, whether it's through YouTube or through my book or coaching or anything like that, is to set you up on that path to to really building something larger, you know? And I didn't know how just limitless this career was with real estate. I thought it was just something that you started out and you did it for 50 years and, you know, hopefully saved enough money to retire, but, you know, <laughs> I just got bored one day and I was like, I have to keep this interesting or I'm going to want to try something else now, you know? I'm a well, young <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's an amazing story. And I, I don't think it's a unique, well, where you are is now unique, but where you came from is not unique. Mm -hmm. And and I that's where most real estate agents start as a broke solo agent. They join a you know brokerage and brokerages are getting better and franchises are getting better about trying to offer you some sort of direction. But for the most part, when they say you are 1099, you're alone when you first start. And, and getting your license, you know, they might have told you a few legal jargon and maybe how to fill out a contract, but nobody told you how to go find business, how to negotiate, how to prospect, you know, nobody's yep. telling you how to do those things. So I'm so glad you brought that and you brought up retirement. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to talk about that. And, 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 you know, of course, you and I talked about this just in the pre-show, but for those of you listening, as we collect data from the industry and we talk to the tens of thousands of agents in our network, COVID has done something really, um, it's, it's brought to light the fact that people are really dependent on themselves and their ability to, to transact, right? Uh, meaning with a shortage of inventory, with COVID, you know, in some places, in some markets, cease the ability to show homes or to prospect or to do a lot of things that they're going, well, I'm broke. And what's happened is people are starting to think about their future and they're going, well, you know, some people are saying, do I stay in a business where it's so volatile with external things that I have zero control over my income? What am I going to do for retirement? If I'm still living paycheck to paycheck or season to season, you know, I sell in the in, yeah. in just a few months out of the year. People are asking these questions to the point where we've had a lot of people calling in and asking about investment leads for investment properties. And, and they're thinking about becoming investors and trying to build their portfolio. And we are going to talk about that because I know that you work with uh, some investors and, and have some insight there. But I want to talk to you about about that issue of what, what can agents do? How, how, they sh how should they be looking at their business the way you have to build something sustainable long-term? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I was, I was thinking that it was more so just you, you work as a real estate agent for all these years and, and then save up a bunch of money. Um, where, where, where my mindset changed and the, like it literally changed in one day in a couple of hours at, at my previous brokerage at, at the previous brokerage that I was a part of, we had this large production board that was in the middle of the office for everybody to see all year. Right. So as you close deals, your number would go higher and higher and higher and you would move up the board. And, um, it was one of those dry erase boards. So it was manually done. Right. And. I remember there was this day in December when 
I got my number like super high. I was super excited. I I broke just like my own goals and it was just a proud moment. And then I came in one morning and the whole board was erased. Okay. And it was erased because they were resetting it for the next year. But when I saw that, I was just like, everything I worked so hard for was just gone. You know, it just, it just did something to me mentally. And I was like, it's just all gone. Like, even if, even if it was just a marker on a whiteboard, I felt like, okay, that's what this business is. Like you work so hard all year and then January 1st, it just starts over. And I, I was tired of it starting over. Like I was, that was the moment that I said, okay, I have to do something different with this. Like, how can I actually build something out of this and not be controlled with just a production number or a board or a market or anything like that? And that's what led me into, hey, I really need to build my real estate career around a business. Like, like I need it to be built like a business. I couldn't just operate as that solo agent. You know, I, I started thinking all kinds of things in my head. What if I get sick or what if I get injured or, you know, what if this and that happens like things outside of just what if the market goes bad, you know, I was prepared for that. Um, but things outside of that. And I realized that it's all on me. And unless I'm the one that's out there unlocking doors, showing people homes, then I'm not making any money. And then I thought to myself, do I really want to do that for 40 years? Do I do I, do I really want to do that all the way up until that retirement point? I got into this business wanting to, you know, be great. I didn't know what that looked like. I got into this business wanting to make a lot of money. Didn't know what that necessarily looked like, but I realized when I got into this business and started closing more and more deals, I'm the business owner. And so it can look like whatever I want it to look like. And that's when my mind shifted. And that's when I got into more so team building and, and company building, learning, learning about like values for myself, for my organization, um, networking more with like-minded people to where I can take the, the knowledge and information that I've gained, teach them how to do it, form it in an organization to where we can all make money, you know, um, and then make that process in that in that organization so duplicatable to where now I can have this headquartered in Dallas and make a stamp of it in Houston and make a stamp of it in Tampa and 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 have it all across the country to where it's still that organization but but now we're we're like a corporation we're 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 doing it like a market I mean I mean a full on marketing machine if if the Dallas market goes down, hey, we still have I still have the market down in Houston or the market over in Florida, you know, and so that's been really fun and really interesting. But it's and it's an opportunity for someone to be more than just that one single agent. You know, you're you're not only leveraging your time, but you're leveraging your money. You're truly setting up something for retirement. You're setting up something that can operate without you being in the room. And, and then you're able to invest your money differently. And it's, it's just all around a better, a better feeling at the end of the day. So let's, let's talk about your business then. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's a marketing machine, I, I think I get what you're saying. We're, we had, we had to build a business. And mm-hmm. the first thing we did is, is, okay, we got a product and we built a product. Real estate agents have a product, right? Mm-hmm. It's houses. Um, 
And then we went out and said, okay, now we got to go find customers. And we put things in place to attract customers and build awareness and convert leads and fulfill on product and keep customers happy and kind of, you know, like most businesses, but then we get into real estate and real estate agents sometimes don't think like that. But you broke through and you're thinking that way. You go, okay, I've got a business. So talk to me about the different areas of your business that help this whole machine run so that it runs like a like a more like a business. Sure. And I don't mean to offend any real estate agents out there by saying you're you don't own a business. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that some agents are not thinking the way that you're thinking, and I want them to understand what is different about what you're doing and, and what maybe what they're stuck in. Sure. So, so from a high level, I am the CEO slash owner of Founders Real Estate Group. We belong to EXP. And then um, directly under me are my directors or managers. So, so I have a sales manager, right? He, he manages all of these sales agents. And when we break those sales agents down, we have buyer's agents and listing agents. Okay. Those are, those are two separate agents. They, they do two separate things day to day. We're all focused on closing deals. It's the, it's the director of sales responsibility to make sure that people are trained the right way to make sure that we are selling as effectively and efficiently as possible. Lead sales huddles every day. We have a monthly sales meeting, just anything concerning sales, skill sharpening, all of that good stuff happens in his department. Moving over, then there's the operations department. So, Wait, oh, sorry, I got I got to put a pause in here. We got to yeah. we got to throw a, a little wrench in here. I don't know if you have a whiteboard. I, I can kind of. I want to draw this out for people. Is that okay? If, yeah. if I draw this out for people, yeah. and then you, I, uh, guys on the back end, can can you see the whiteboard if I draw right here, Andrew? Okay. Um, so you're saying, can you still hear me okay, Jason, yep. without yep. all the way away from the mic? Okay, yep. so I, I need somebody in the office to get me a black marker so that they can see that. <laughs> uh, all right. I don't know if you can see this, but you're saying you're the CEO here. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, underneath, you have a sales manager. Yep. And underneath the sales manager, you have both buyer agents and yep. seller agents. Yep. And the sales manager responsibility is all, I know you said all things sales related, but very specifically said he leads sales huddle. What is that? So sales huddles happen every morning for 15 minutes. So it is going over where, where our current numbers are, what, um, what may have happened overnight. If anybody has any deals blowing up, um, want to know how to do something, any initiatives or focuses of the day. So every day we have something called power hour, right? Where for two hours straight, everybody in the office is calling and we break that up into different themes. So whatever the theme of the day is, um, you know, that's what he discusses and he'll normally share just like a best practice, like, Hey, try this, try that. Um, we want to do things differently. Sometimes he'll even throw in there a contest, whoever sets the most appointments, I'm taking you out to lunch today. You know, so it's, 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 it's just 15 minutes long, but it's at the start of the day. So it's at 947 every single day. And then that leads into why, nine, why, why 947? What's the, yeah. So, so teaching on punctuality with that. So everybody knows 
be in the office exactly at 947, ready to go. Um, it's just that that random time that I decided I didn't want like 950 or 945 something. No, no, it's 947. And that's what time everything starts. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, it teaches to, to pay attention to those things and to, to be punctual and to get into that routine. It, it, and, and is that for everybody? It sounds like Huddle is very uh, seller agent specific, or is yeah. it your whole team? Everybody nope. at the same time? It's just for the, 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 the sales agents. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so that's. I love, I love yeah. Power Hour. That's pretty awesome. Two hours a day, which which goes to Mike Smith was asking a question. Do you, do, you know, do you still prospect expireds? But it sounds like whether you're picking up the phone or, or your people are picking up the phone, you got power hour all the time, right? Every day, every day. Yeah. Have, I mean, every day, everybody is calling during those. And it's and it's kind of a mandatory thing or as mandatory as, as we can make it to where, you know, everybody knows for at least two hours, you're going to be in the office and everybody's on the phone. It literally sounds like a call center in here. And, um, you know, people are cheering when they get something and then you can tell the excitement in everybody's voices when somebody gets something. But it, it, it creates this momentum and this motivating momentum, especially when you're sitting across from somebody and you can hear their conversations and they're just lining stuff up for their afternoon. And so, you know, it pushes everybody to do it. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So um, the sales manager then does for the seller agents, the huddle. His other main responsibilities are, are what? Yeah, so even on an administrative side, um, he's responsible for tracking everything. So so tracking all of the numbers, um, he's responsible for coaching. You know, if there's an agent who is not making progress or may need some, some help in some areas, then he has to identify that based on the data and coach them, help them get to, um, that certain place. He's also responsible for the hiring and firing of sales agents. So if, um, you know, new agents want to come on the team or interview, he's the one that interviews them through the first two interviews. I take the last one. Um, or if there's an agent that's not performing, he'll put them on an improvement plan or eventually have to, you know, recommend that they look for other opportunities outside of the team. So, well, I, I hope people are, you know, a lot of real estate agents have come from from another another industry or another career or um, they have experience. I, I hope that they're paying attention that when you say, no, I'm going to run it like a real business. That, I mean, you're, you're speaking you're speaking a language that we talk about. I mean, the leadership gets in the room, the leaders in our company that's what they're responsible for. And they're held accountable to those things. And yep. when you say a performance improvement plan, I mean, if somebody's underperforming, um, you know, they're put on a plan or, or they don't have a spot on the team. I think, you know, not that we don't do everything to keep them, but, you know, I hope people are paying attention going, oh, he really does run this like a business. Yeah. And, and you know, just, just for added incentive or just to wrap your head around why it's so important for, for him to do that, is because his paycheck is linked directly to the production. And so when the, when the production is higher, his paycheck is higher. Um, so that's, that's even more incentive to, to, to make sure that the, the team is performing a certain way because that's, that's where his compensation is linked to. And I love that. I, cause, cause inevitably that's a question that I hear a lot as well. How do you, 
you're building a team. Who, how do you pay them? What do you pay them? You know, what are the splits? Yeah. And, and, and I've heard you say before, I, I've heard you say before, well, pay them whatever you want. You're the boss. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to pay them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I think that's great. So who else, what, uh, who else is in your organization then? Okay. So moving on the other side, then there's the operation side. So um, on the other side, there is operations. So it starts with the op operations manager, or you can call them just the office manager for short. So their, their, their title title is director of operations, and they are responsible for all things um, office related and admin related. So, um, I mean, they have a lot of, of jobs like communications to the agents, um, maintaining the office, decisions on um, things that could, could help us. So anything that needs to be purchased or um, they also provide a ton of support for the agents. They screen all the calls that come into the, to the office and, and handle them appropriately. Um, I mean, they're kind of like the backbone of just the, the office running every day. So um, we get when, in a when lot. You, when you say supporting the agents, do, are they doing a lot of like um, somebody gets a contract? Are they helping with inputting into the MLS and helping with the marketing, supporting that way, or mostly just administrative support? No, more so administrative support okay. because we actually have other people in positions for those things that, that you just okay. named. Um, okay. But 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 administrative support, but but at a, but at a higher level though. So, um, you know, they don't, they don't have a ton of questions from agents because a lot of times if it's contract related or deal related, they'll go to the, to the sales manager. But if it's like a, you know, some, a suggestion for the office or a training that we should have here, or, you know, just something along th those lines, um, sponsorship opportunities or anything like that, they'll, they'll go to the, to the office manager for, um, our our leaders, so sales manager, office manager, and then me, we, we we meet weekly and we have a lot of high level conversations on decisions that, that get made here in the office. So um, whether it's expansion or if we're doing like a hiring freeze or um, trainings, people who want to, vendors, partners who want to come in on stuff like we're, we're we, we keep very close contact. Yeah, like executive leadership for mm -hmm. your business. Yep, yep. Um, right. And then the office manager also supports me a lot. So um, for for things that I need, even like calendar wise, screening calls, visitors, meetings, all that kind of stuff, they're they're tremendous. Podcasts you got to jump on. Yeah, yeah, all <laughs> the yeah, yeah. Um, so so they support me a, a good amount. And then below them, there is the transaction coordinator. So that's on the admin side. And they're the ones that um, maintain all of the contract to close. So everything, once a listing gets signed or a buyer goes under contract, they're the ones that's doing all the paperwork, getting it uploaded in the correct place. Now, our, our transaction coordinator, she actually um, goes above and beyond um, 
you know, just the, the, the typical transaction coordinator because we bring all the communication to her once a deal goes into contract. So she's the one that's communicating with the client. If something needs to be signed, she's the one that's getting it to them, explaining to them what it is, getting the documents signed. She's the link between the title companies, the, the lenders and the client, because our big focus is we want the agent to get back to selling. And, you know, if, if, if the agent's having to worry about paperwork and this and that, and, you know, it's, it's, it just gets, gets messy. Right. And, and so, the, the transaction coordinator re reports directly to you then in the business no, or no, she to, reports to the directly to, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And actually kind of like directly to the, um, she reports directly to the, um, operations manager, but there is a lot of contact between her and the sales manager as, as well, you know, as, um, price changes may happen or closing dates get moved. And, um, I'll, I'll break down our like Mondays, the way our, our, our Mondays look here in just a second, but yeah, there's a lot of communication there. And then aside from her also under operations is the marketing manager. So name's Nico, director of marketing or marketing manager, whatever you want to call him. And he does all of the marketing for the team. So not only our branding, um, not only our just high level team stuff. So our listing books, buyer books, um, vendor packets, all that kind of stuff. But he also does all of the marketing for the agents. So if an agent says, Hey, I just got a new listing. Here's the address. It's his job. He knows exactly what's, what to do for everything. Um, if an agent has an open house that gets put on the schedule, he does all the marketing for that. Like anything marketing wise happens out of his department. Um, few reasons for that. We don't want the agents to have to market and figure out how to be graphic designers and everything like that. But then we also want to keep our brand aligned. And so he makes sure that everything stays like it, like it looks like it's from founders and, you know, we have our brand guidelines. And, um, yeah, so below them, I guess you can say on the operation side, we, we also have interns. So we'll, we'll normally have one or two interns at, at a time. So currently, like right now we have two interns, but they are people either getting their real estate license or, you know, just wanting to do something for school and they'll help out around the office um, in whatever areas we, we need them to. And they, and they provide support for everybody, really. So that's what the organization looks like. Uh, that's amazing. So we've got a couple of questions. We've got Haley who asks, how can I build a real estate team? Where do I start? And also, Amanda, what advice would you give solo agents thinking about creating their own team in the future? Yeah, sure. So here's here's my strategy. And like even even with the duplication of this real estate team, um, start with with who can be your your biggest support. OK, for me, it was the operations manager And in the reason why it was the operations manager for for me. And I'm actually going to go back talking like I'm just a solo agent. My operations manager, when I first got him, and he was acting as my operations manager. He was doing transaction coordination and operations. Okay. Um, it was working at the time until it just got too, too busy. But the reason why I say start with your biggest support, because all of these other positions that one person can help you with, whether it's placing job ads for the sales manager 
or um, helping you interview or, you know, getting people trained and onboarding on systems in their department, they're close enough to you and they were in your organization kind of early on. So hopefully they will know everything and they can be a big support for you because looking at that, you, you, would, you would probably say, whoa, those are a lot of positions. Those are a lot of responsibilities chasing. How did you even have time to train all those people? And, and the, the reality of it is I didn't. I didn't train all those people. Um, you know, so the operations manager, like I told you, they were doing the transaction coordination for a while. So guess what? They trained the transaction coordinator. Um, sales manager, I got someone with experience in in the, you know, in sales, in real estate. And they were just looking to come out of being just a solo agent or, you know, selling for themselves and move into more of a leadership role. And so that worked out. Um, and so it was just about me and my office manager re really just training them on how we do things here, our culture, our values, all that good stuff. But they fit perfectly into the role. Marketing, that's always been near and dear to my heart. But I got someone who was specialized in that. So that was an easy transition there. So I would say start with people who can help you along the way. Even, even now, as we, as we duplicate this team in other places, think about it. I'm not the one training everybody. Everybody's training people on their jobs. So I'm only the one training the team leader in the area, you know, or someone in that CEO kind of kind of um, seat. Everybody else is being trained by the other people. So that was one mistake that I that I made a lot in the beginning. I was trying to mold people into what I wanted them to be. So I was just finding anybody and trying to make them the marketing person or trying to make them the operations manager or sales manager. And that was the wrong way to do it because there are people out there that truly have a passion for these things, you know, and it's about finding those people who truly want to do this, who have that passion for marketing, who have that passion for leading um, or have a passion for just answering the phone and being organized and taking notes, you know, and those are the people who I, who I went after. So, so start with hire to your, to, to who could be the biggest support or, or what I'm hearing is hire to your greatest pain, right? Mm -hmm. if, if, um, what I assume, well, tell me if I'm wrong, was your main focus still buying and selling? making commissions while you're building the team that was your number one role especially in the beginning it was because i had to i had to make sure money was coming in to 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 pay people um and and i actually didn't start bringing on sales agents until i had most of the support there um i didn't bring on the director of sales immediately i i, I brought them on once i had more more sales agents than i could handle just by myself. Um, but no, I had to, I had to keep, keep money coming in. Now it did get to a point where I was able to step away more and actually build and work on the business. But I also just couldn't like turn off my real estate business. You know, I was in production and I had clients and I had deals that I was working on. So it literally took me almost a year before I realized that, okay, I didn't have any more I guess you could say deals in the pipeline because I had either referred them out. Well, I had referred them out and my plate was kind of completely clear, you know, and I had branded the team more. I had announced to everybody, hey, I have a team. I have awesome agents. I had, you know, so people weren't necessarily calling me 
or if they were calling me, they were asking me who can help them, but they were calling now the office phone and, you know, things were getting funneled the way that they needed to. And it allowed me to step away, but it wasn't just like a, oh no, I'm not selling anymore type of deal. It was a transition out of it. So we surprisingly see a, a, a lot of analyticals in, in real estate. And I just know people are watching this and, and they're thinking they have to have this perfect plan of an org chart responsibilities and metrics that they're going to do. I mean, did you have all of that planned out before you went or, or, you know, cause I, I don't want people to, to, to overanalyze and then go, I, I, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm going to continue being a solo agent mm -hmm. and not nope. No, I didn't. I didn't have it all planned out. And and funny thing, like take the sales manager position, for example, I never even knew what a sales manager was like prior to a, the year and a half ago. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't really have that planned out. And I just always thought what he does would just be forever me. But then it was that that moment again. It's like, OK, now am I going to do this for 30 or 40 years <laughs> or, you know, like what's 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 the next move up oh how about i just bring somebody to do this training that i do every day or to lead the team like i like i lead it every day um and so no it wasn't planned out but i am one of those people who um i do believe in organization i do believe in systems i do believe in metrics and tracking did i did i have certain numbers that i needed to hit before no i didn't um i i, I had more feelings then I, I did numbers, you know, I was like, I feel like now is a good time. And to be honest with you, when I, when I built this out and when I had these feelings was when my production was at its lowest, um, because I felt like I had the time to now actually sit down and dedicate it. Like when I was juggling 10, 10 deals a month and trying to, trying to close, you know, all these clients, I didn't have time to build out anything. I didn't have time to post a job ad or anything like that, but as I was, you know, just moving through the market and the market would slow down a little bit, or I may have had a month where I only just did like three or four deals, you know, okay. That's when the growth really happened for me. Um, I oftentimes see agents, you know, when they get um, not so busy or like a little funny thing is you can always tell when an agent's not that busy because you start seeing their their marketing being blasted out a lot more because they're trying to drum up business but for me like those were my times of greatest expansion because i i had the the time and energy and resources to expand because i wasn't as busy um it, with all of this mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt you there chasing but but, yeah. but i just i just know that money has got to be a part of this equation and when you say well, my production is lowest. So I had the time to go invest in working on the business. What I, I, if I'm being, if I'm asking a really blunt question, where, where does the money come from? H how do you build a business if you don't have a bunch of money coming in to hire people? No. Yeah. So, so that's going to go back to how you're paying people and what type of compensation structure that you have them on, because it's not impossible. And, and keep in mind, everyone, like I said, I went from broke solo agent, you know, so, so the way that I thought about money, like every little cent and, and dollar counted, um, take, take for instance, my first hire, I didn't, I didn't have enough money to pay him on, on the, you know, just like an hourly rate. 
But since it was just me and him and we were working solo together, I was paying him on every deal that I that I closed. Um, so he was getting a percentage of that, whether he hopped in the car, showed anybody anything or anything like that. He's also licensed. So he was able to um, do his own deals. And I had him on a really good split with me. And so, you know, that that worked out in and of itself. My my sales manager, I told you all, he his commission or like his paycheck is based directly on the sales agent. So that's how he's paid. Um, transaction coordinator, transaction coordinators paid at closing for each transaction. They're not on an hourly or salary. Um, now, the only person that that was more so like a salary type of position, but it was all well, it's not even salary today. It's it's hourly was the marketing person. OK, so if you think about it, initial investment out of pocket was nothing like it wasn't it wasn't anything, you know, and and even if it had to be something like I'm 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 that entrepreneur mindset to where I'm fine with being the, the, the last person paid or paid the lease in order to build what I'm trying to build. And so I was cool with it, but how I started, like nobody started on, on huge salaries or paychecks or anything. Like my, 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 my biggest thing wasn't to go out there and find people to kind of, well, I don't want to say work for free, but it was to, to, to find people who truly believed in the vision, who truly believed in where the company was going, the direction, who believed in, in me enough to say, hey, you know, I'll work for free for this amount of time or, or I'll work for free because I know that you're going to take really good care of me and I see where you're where you're going. You know, I get this question a lot from from people and they're like, how do you convince people? How do you convince people to work for you? How do you convince? And the thing is, I don't. I don't convince people, you know, and I went for a while without people and I, I had some people and I didn't have people after them, you know, but it's more so if you have a business and your business is something that someone can believe in, they can enjoy being a part of, being a part of this growth that you're you're doing and they feel like at the end of the day like they're moving along this with you, like that's the kind of person that you want because those are the, the people that are going to truly be down for you in the good times and bad times. Well, and, and you mentioned, I wrote down earlier, it was a, it was just part of a side thought, but you mentioned culture and values. And, and, and now what I hear you saying is, is that seems to be really important. That's who you're going to find people who are a cultural fit, who, who understand the vision and want to go there. Um, I, and I, I would echo that, uh, being at Red X for almost 15 years now, when there was just nine of us to now, uh, you know, 120 of us in the building, you go, the, the people that you bring in on the vision, if they buy into the vision, yeah, it's not about convincing. It's not about paying them cheap. It's not about, it's about we're building something together. And that is what culture ends up being. You yeah. Culture the result of putting great people in a room and, and watching what can happen. Yep, Curtis, and I'll, and I'll tell you something. Um, I know you all heard me say the name of my real estate team is Founders Real Estate Group. You know, 
I could have easily named it the Chase and J Miles team or the Chase and J Miles group and this and that. But just from a culture standpoint, that's 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 not what I what I what I wanted. I wanted everyone who's a part of this team to feel like a founder of this company, to feel like they've helped build this, to be proud of it, to want to share it, to want to spread it, to want to see it grow. We're all founders around here. And and it's it's not even just about me at the end of the day. Like I'm not even the one putting my face everywhere. You know, it's 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 all of us together. Right. Well, and I I think that's great. Well, look, I, I don't think we need to get into investors. I think we'll bring you on for another show at that point. I want to know, <laughs> but but the whole reason of investment is that people need to build something that creates sustainability into the future. And, and COVID for a lot of people, at least what we're hearing from our network is they've been made painfully and keenfully aware that, that with, without a business, without a plan that they're, you know, they're hurting in a market like now because they don't have, they don't have a business. They don't have, they don't have ways to go out and find business. They don't have a bunch of agents doing power hour prospecting to find new business in a market like this. So you've given some great place of where to start and mindset of how to think about getting started, especially around the money. I think that's great. How does this all translate to the future? That's what I want to bring it home to, to, to because I think the vision is people want to build something sustainable and be able to, to finally achieve the freedom, right? That real estate promises of why a lot of us get into the industry and then uh, that kind of we got to get kicked in the in the teeth a little bit by realizing, oh, man, this is hard or a global pandemic destroyed my hopes and dreams of the money I was going to make. Or so how does what you're doing translate to the future? You know, it, it, it translates first by knowing that real estate isn't going anywhere. And and it may not be as or the the paychecks may not be as big as they were around this time last year or you know the market is different or there's some new internet company but at the end of the day real estate is always gonna gonna be here and so you know there's always gonna gonna be people who wake up one morning passionate and want to start a real estate career you know so so the best way to keep this going into the future is to not make it all about you but when you've when you've gotten to that to that place where you are knowledgeable and you've become successful, whatever success looks like to you, now the next step that you need to do is start pouring into others. You know, like you have to create this ripple effect that whether it's through a model like this or whether it's through a coaching program or 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 anything like that, but create that ripple effect of your knowledge to where now you are receiving income from whatever that sh that stream is you know because you've put in your time you've 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 put in your time you've you've gotten a lot of knowledge and now it's time for you to start giving back you know and giving back doesn't always have to be what what everybody thinks giving back is giving back can be starting a company for new agents to join and you lifting them up training them letting them be a part of something bigger and you're able to retire off of that, you know, giving back can be, you now are traveling the world, just speaking on stages, sharing what you've learned, you know? So giving back can, can be you writing a New York Times bestseller, just 
just pouring all of your knowledge in, into. But I think what's gonna what's what it's gonna translate to in the future and how you can stay relevant and just sustain is is gonna be through some form of giving back based on everything you've done in your career. It's awesome. Well, Chasten, thank you so much. Do you have one more piece of advice for all these people who are listening going, now we flooded their 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 brain with, man, should I be building a team? You know, should I do this? Should I just, yeah, I don't want people to drop off this call and go, forget about it. And now I'm just gonna go try to find the next deal and the next paycheck. You know, what's yeah. the piece of advice you'd give them as we close up? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, the, the piece of advice that I would give is, is something that I would have given myself, you know, maybe three, four years ago is to, you know, really, really sit down, like take a moment, sit down, meditate, whatever you, you do, take a moment, sit down and just think in your head, like, how can this really look like if you were to have a big operation, whatever that, that looks like, whether it's you just want to be a multi-million dollar real estate agent, or if you want to have a big operation, like think about what that looks like. Um, because I know for me, I didn't know that it was even possible, you know, and still I start until I started trying things or seeing like, oh, that guy did it. I wonder how this whole thing works. But but like really take the limits off your mind and think about what this can do and what this can be, you know. And I feel like once you see that picture, once you see that picture, whether it's showing up in an office every day and everybody's saying, hey, Chase, and how you doing? Chase? Like, and and you're the man, like if it if it looks like that, great. But just vision it one good time and let it let it let it sink in and then from there now you will have something to work towards now you'll you'll have that future laid out to you and you can say to yourself like okay this is what i'm working towards you know i know in real estate we always talking about what's your big why and a lot of people say oh it's my family it's this and that okay well that is a big why so what's that what's that big vision you know and how can you attach that why to something even bigger than just the solo real estate agent oh and and just to backtrack i think that is the answer of where do you start you're never going to build it if you can't see it and mm -hmm. if you never take the time to really let your imagination go and and remove limiting beliefs you won't see it in a way that helps you achieve it and I think, I think that's probably the, the advice that we should end on. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Chasten, for, for that. I think this is amazing. Um, I, I, think, I think some people go, what do you mean treat it like a business? And, and well, businesses have org charts and here's, here's the org chart. And I know there's probably way more detail. Um, I'd love to get more detail from you so that we could share that more with the world. If sure. people wanna reach out and learn more about you, I know that you've, You've written a book. I know that you have a YouTube channel with millions and millions of views. Uh, how do people find you? Yeah, the best place is just going to be my direct website. Um, so chastenjmiles.com, C-H-A-S-T-I-N-J-M-I-L-E-S.com. And that'll have links and videos and blogs and all that kind of stuff to everything. Okay, thank you. And we'll, get, we'll make sure we post that in the comments of all the different places where this is streaming. Chasten, thank you so much. Thank you for those that uh, were joining us today. Again, we're here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and 
at 1.30 Mountain Time. So make sure that you're here on Monday where we're going to talk a little bit more about things that you can do in your business to create sustainability and profitability and predictability and everything that you really want in this business. But as for today, that's, that's all we got for you. Thanks so much, Jason. And thank you for the viewers.